0: Jonas Valanciunas has been on the trade block all offseason, but unless the Pelicans get someone back like Pascal Siakam, do they really need to trade him? I'll answer that question in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Tuesday, and we are going to look at Jonas Valanciunas and why the Pelicans are looking to trade him what they might be looking to upgrade at at that position or downgrade, or could they just keep him? He's not a bad basketball player, right? So we're going to break it all down in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast covering the team like no one else, giving you the insight that you want every single day. And if you want to support the channel, become an everydayer. I saw a bunch of you posted in the YouTube comments yesterday saying that you are an everydayer from out of the country too, with people from France, Italy, the Philippines, all over. That's awesome. Lockdown Pelicans worldwide here. So make Lockdown Pelicans your first listen and do it Monday through Friday. If you want to support the channel, comment down below on YouTube. For your second listen, the Lockdown Saints podcast it was out with Ross Jackson like two weekends ago. That dude's Awesome. Go listen to Locked On Saints. Get everything you need from the Saints on a daily basis. Everything black and gold that you need. Let's get into this with Jonas Valanciunas. And this was inspired by a comment on YouTube yesterday that annoyed me a little bit. And I don't have your name here. I'm not going to call you out and it's okay because you responded well. And it basically said like, why do you keep wanting to trade Jonas Valanciunas? Y'all look, I want to lead with this. I think Jonas Valanciunas is a very good basketball player. I actually think he's underrated a little bit by a lot of people out there. There are some limitations to his game. You know, this is not an all-star level guy, but for a starting center making $15 million, I don't hate what he gives you. Last year, he gave the team 14 points per game, 10.2 rebounds. You don't need the starting center when the team is healthy to do much more than that. In fact, those are perfectly fine numbers. 14 points on 10.3 shots is pretty good. You'd like him to be a little bit more efficient. It's fine. He also shoots the three. He's not a volume shooter. He doesn't have court gravity where players are defending him out there on the perimeter. Keep that in mind. But he can hit some open shots. 36% last uh, two seasons ago, his first year as a member of the Pelicans. 35% from your starting center last year. Those aren't bad numbers. It's the rebound numbers that you particularly want to look at. He is a very good rebounder. I don't look at raw uh, rebounding numbers for the most part. You look at defensive rebounding rate, offensive rebounding rate, total rebounding rate, or you might hear him listed as offensive rebound percentage, defensive rebound percentage. Basically what that means is it's the percentage of all available rebounds, a player grabbed while they were on the floor. So when Jonas was on the floor for the Pelicans, he grabbed one-third of every available defensive rebound. So an opposing player misses a shot, that becomes an available defensive rebound, assuming it stays in play. He grabbed a third, basically, of all opponents' misses when he was on the court. That's an incredible number. You know, when you factor in the teams against the Pelicans last season, I don't have those numbers in front of me, and I wish I did. They were actually a good rebounding team. But, you know, if they give up, say, A quarter of offensive boards right that's one of every four think about what he's doing when he's on the court and how he's just gobbling up rebounds for the pelicans the pelicans had a defensive rebound rate of as a team of 77.4 so he's essentially grabbing like near a little under 50 percent of all available defensive rebounds the pelicans could get when he's on the floor it's actually higher than that that's a really good number That's a really, really good number. He is a good basketball player. We've seen him have games where he can go for 30 plus. We've seen him have games where he could almost go for 40, let's say. So his numbers are good. So it's not me wanting to trade him though. It's the team wanting to trade him. You know, this is like breaking up with somebody and saying, it's not you, it's me, but actually meaning that. This is not you, Jonas, it's the Pelicans, You know, decisions get made, trades happen because of factors other than on-court performance all the time. The amount of years left on your contract, the amount of money left on your contract. Both of those are factors into this, and we'll talk about it too. The role that you have, all a factor. And when you look at how they used Jonas Valanciunas last year, they did not use him properly. He's your starting center that you're paying $15 million to. And this team is $3 million into the luxury tax. They're one of two franchises that has never paid that before. And he didn't close games. They closed with Larry Nance Jr. instead of him for the most part. You know, they gave up the defensive rebounding ability that he has because he struggles defending in the right situation. You know, they, he struggles defending in the pick and roll he can't defend out there on the perimeter. So if the team switches a pick and roll, let's say, or something like that, he struggles defending a guard out in space on the perimeter. They blow by him and get to the hoop. So because they just realize they can't close with him, they don't use him properly on offense. And look, you know, he's a big man. What you often need with your bigs are someone to make an entry pass and get them the ball. You know, Zion is a big man who can drive from the perimeter is a really special thing. Julius Randle was like that too. But a lot of bigs, and this was an issue with Anthony Davis, is they seal their man, they get their back to the basket, you know, they close off their guy, and they're like, get me the ball. You don't have guards that can do that. Making good entry passes is a bit of a lost art in the NBA. So when you have a bruiser, back-to-the-basket kind of guy like Valanchunas is, he's not a shooter, he's not a pick-and-pop kind of guy, he's not a driver or someone you can even really get on the short rolls a ton. He needs the ball down low, and he needs to go and like do his thing, and you kind of clear out for him. That's not efficient offense in the NBA in 2023. And you can get him the ball and do that. And there were times in games last year where they needed to get Jonas found the ball more. And they didn't because that's just not how this team was built or they didn't have guys that could get him the ball. So if you don't use him properly, what's the point of having that guy, right? This is almost like I'm a big car guy. Y'all know I'm a big car guy. I work on all of my cars. You know, if you have a fast car and you don't drive it fast, why, you know, why do you own it? What are you doing with that thing? It's not the best analogy. It's not as bad as the one I botched yesterday of greasing the gears or whatever I said. Um, but this one's better. And that's kind of the problem. So if you don't use him properly, look, sorry, Jonas, it's not you. It's kind of what we do here and you just don't really fit. You're a good player, but we, we need a better fit. So if the Pelicans can look to upgrade at that position and get someone kind of that's a better fit and a better player, why not? That's why he could be on the trade block, along with other things that we'll talk about a little bit later in the third segment. But that's also easier said than done. So let's look at some of the trade targets, And we've talked about. I want to look at Pascal Siakam in particular of the Toronto Raptors. Is that a realistic trade target? Does he even make sense for the Pelicans? not, Not so fast here. Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy, and I love this because it's so simple. You pick two to six players, and if they go score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. And the best part is, you're not competing against other people. You're not playing against people with a bank of monitors that do this for a living, that's a professional gambler and you have no chance against. It's just you versus the projections. Jonas Valanciunas to grab more or less than 11.5 rebounds. CJ McCollum to make more or less than two and a half threes. threes. You know all of this. It's super easy to play. And look, they offer projections on any sport you watch. NBA is not going on right now. MLB is. You can get in on that. And prize picks for locked-on listeners... Gonna give you a bonus. So, download the Price Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit 100, Price Picks will give you 100. If you deposit 50, Price Picks will give you $50. Don't forget, enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today. And every day. We're here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, covering everything you want to know about the team. If you want to support the channel, keep it free in five days a week for y'all. I don't ask for money. There's no Locked On Pelicans Plus, Locked On Pelicans Prime. Just become an or Listen Monday through Friday and comment down below on YouTube. If you're an everydayer and you haven't told me yet, let me know that you're an everydayer in the comments down below. And for your second listen, at least on Wednesdays, For your second listen, listen to the Locked On NBA podcast because I co-host our national show, New Orleans, on the national show on Wednesday, Locked On NBA with John Corrales of Locked On Celtics. It's a lot of fun. We recap the league. Everything you want to know about the association, we get you in like 20 minutes or less, pretty much. So go make Locked On NBA your second listen today. So let's continue to talk about Jonas Valanciunas. Good player. You don't want him traded? I understand. Take it up with the team. Don't yell at me in the YouTube comments. You can yell at the team in the YouTube comments, but I'll run the team. I'm just the messenger here a little bit. Sorry to the one like, YouTube commenter who was like, why do you want this? I'm like, I, I don't. I mean, I get it. I think they do need to trade him. We'll look at that more in the third segment of why you probably can't keep him. And it addresses some of those factors that we talked about in the first. One of the guys, though, that I've seen, we'll hold on to that. You know, they've explored these, and we've looked at some of the trade targets that they have looked to try and go get before. Jared Allen from the Cleveland Cavaliers, I think, is the perfect center to put out there. He's a not a, a spacer in terms of three-point shooting, but he is a vertical spacer, and I think that's a really good type of big man to pair next to Zion Williamson. Someone that's in the dunker spots to like the immediate left or right of the basket that, if you throw a lob up, goes up and gets it and flushes it down. Pelicans don't have a ton of great lob throwers, but you can get those or you can teach your guys to do that simpler than it would be to turn Jonas into a player like that because he, I mean, that's not something that can happen. So, you know, you can make an outside reason, like kind of find a reason for the Cavs to move him, but not, not really. We did a show on that. You can watch that one from the past episodes if you want to know a little bit more about Jared Allen. Miles Turner went from being on the trade block for years to basically untradeable as the Pacers look to contend right now um, with Tyrese Halliburton at point guard and um, Ben Matherin is their other guard. And they're going to be a fun team next year. They paid Bruce Brown a ton of money. They're going to be like one of those eight seeds that everyone talks themselves into that then gets swept in the first round and we're a little overhyped because they're still missing a number of things. But Miles Turner also probably had his best year of basketball in the NBA last season. A guy that for years I was like, don't trade for him, don't want him. And then you watch him last year and you're like, oh, okay, I see it now. I think that was his best year offensively and defensively too. And he's a guy that always blocks shots. You know, the name that I think could be gettable depending on how you view the Toronto Raptors and if they will actually trade people because we've been down this road before. We were down this road with OG Ananobi at the trade deadline this past year of, oh, they're taking calls, they're doing all of this. And like they were never going to trade anyone. I haven't told you all that. I didn't think they were going to actually trade anyone. I thought they would trade for Jakob Pertl at the beginning of the season because it made sense. They needed a center because what they've tried to do, and this is a real important fact when it comes to looking at Pascal Siakam as a trade target for the New Orleans Pelicans. Siakam is not a center. The argument kind of ends there. Siakam is not a center. And if you look at his numbers per cleaningtheglass.com, one of my favorite stat sites, you know, of him playing center, he plays it in very limited minutes. This past year, 16% of his minutes came at the center spot, 52% at power forward, 29% at small forward, and like 3% at the two guard, which is not really a thing. You know, the year before that, 19% of his minutes came at center. And the numbers there when he's the center aren't particularly great. The rebounding is not particularly good with him, it's not bad. But last year, two years ago, it was bad. It's not particularly great at times with him at center. And that's why you're looking to bring someone else in. Because you don't want to roll with Larry Nance Jr. full-time at center in crunch time because he's a little undersized and rebounding has been an issue for New Orleans in the final five minutes of close games. They've given up too many offensive boards because you don't have your defensive rebounding vacuum in Jonas Valanciunas out there. So you need a center that can do that. Turner can do that okay. Allen could do that tremendously. Siakam's not gonna do that. Siakam's not gonna do that. This is a guy who's six foot nine. He's a power forward. You know, the Toronto Raptors turned their season around when they traded for Jakob Pertle from the San Antonio Spurs, who is a center, an actual big man center instead of a guy who's six nine, and the Raptors tried to run five guys out there who were six nine like all the time, and it just stopped working they needed an actual center to pair next to Siakam and that's when they got good. So you shouldn't be expecting Siakam to come in and be particularly great next to Zion Williamson, let's say. I mean, the pairing could work, don't get me wrong, but there's reasons to be extremely skeptical of that, I think. So while Siakam maybe or maybe not is a trade, you know, is is or is not a trade target for the Pelicans, does it really matter if That's not really the right fit and the right answer. Good player. Bring him in, figure other things out with your roster if you really want to, but you don't bring him in necessarily as like the pure Jonas Valanciunas replacement. Could you run a lineup out there closing of Siakam, Zion, Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, and then one of Trey Murphy, Herb Jones. I probably would prefer Trey. It would likely be Herb. Is there enough rebounding there? I'm, I'm not so sure about that, right? Like that's pretty similar to just, it's not pretty similar, but that's pretty close to kind of going with a closing lineup of Larry Nance Jr. instead of Siakam. And we saw some of the issues and there's similar, you know, profiles there. I don't want to say Nancy's close to Siakam and that's not a knock on him, but I don't think trading for Siakam is the answer. I like, you know, if it were up to me, it would be go get Jared Allen, I just don't think there's a real good reason for the Cavs to trade him, unless it's just to kind of free stuff up even more for Evan Mobley, which you know depends on what you think about him and if he can be the best player on that team. So Siakam, you know, is a big name that like you kind of get excited about. You're like, oh, that's great, but he's also 29, so he's on the older side, and that's not old necessarily. But he makes a lot of money, 35 million. That's not you know the best thing, I think. For the Toronto Raptors, where is the rest of his contract? Thir- um oh, okay, he's a he's making thirty-seven point five this coming season. So you need to, you know, use a lot of different things here. And then I don't know if it's unguaranteed or an option or whatever it is. It's something anyway. I have the wrong cap sheet up here, so it's fine. Um, so I think that's kind of what you would be looking at with him. And that's not, I think it's a player option for $40.4 million the year after that. Like that's a lot, you know, and for a team that's dealing with luxury tax concerns and other things, like, I don't know if that's the right move here because that's why they're also maybe looking to offload units and just kind of boot them out here with, in terms of a salary dump or kind of downgrading from him to another position. There's no real right or wrong answer to this. And I'm curious what you think at the, you know, about what the Pelicans should do. I want to get into that though, a little bit more, you know, could they just keep him? Could they just keep him? You know, if you don't want to downgrade the player to someone worse than Valentinus, could you just keep him and have him, you know, play for you next year? Let's look at why or why not. And probably why not the Pel- uh, for the pelicans let's look at that coming up here next in today's episode of locked on pelicans and thank you for making locked on pelicans your first listen today and every day we're here monday through friday covering the team every single day. We'll drop down to three days a week, starting like the first week of August. And I actually have a really great plan for the off season. We're going to have theme days and everything. It's going to be a lot of fun. I thought about it. You know, we're going to do a certain theme every Monday, a certain theme every Wednesday, and then live shows still Thursday at 7 p.m., which counts as the Friday show. So we'll be Monday, Wednesday, Friday is the plan. And the first. Trust me, these should be a lot of fun. I'll kind of break it to you and tell you what it is a little bit later, probably next week, before we get right up to it. But there's theme days. uh, There's a theme on Monday. There's a theme on Wednesday. And I think you're going to like these. And you're going to have answers for these theme days, too. So it'll be a way to get you involved. So for your second listen, Lockdown NBA, because I'm on there every Wednesday. Go listen to it. It's awesome. It's a great show. It's fun. We play real or fake every Wednesday. So could the Pelicans just keep Jonas, like really as simple as that? I mean, look, you could, you could, you don't have other options at center. You know, Herb at the center at the five has not been good in the very limited minutes that they've had. You know, Larry Nance Jr. probably shouldn't be there full time, even if he functions better as a small ball center than he does power forward, though they experimented with kind of a dual big lineup of Larry Nance Jr. and Jonas Valanciunas last season. You know, it's probably a no-go for Zion at the 5 unless there's a leap that he takes that, you know, we expect him to be good next year. But if all of a sudden he makes like this kind of incredible leap, you could maybe do it. But I don't think we should kind of bank on that very much yet. You know, so you could keep him, pay him $15 million as an expiring contract, you know, and then still not use him properly. You could still keep him on the team and still not use him as well as you should. Because when you think about it with Zion, assume everyone's healthy. Brandon Ingram's healthy. Zion Williamson is healthy. You don't need a center that uses a lot of minutes or possessions. You need the minutes. They don't need to use a lot of offensive possessions. And you could try and get someone who can defend better than him. So you can just kind of run it back with what you had last season, and it wouldn't be the worst thing, but I don't think it'd be great either. You also likely then are going into the luxury tax for a guy you don't even really use or use properly. And that also then means they have to tear the team down sooner, potentially, because they haven't found a deal for Kyra Lewis Jr. yet. When you kind of look at it like that, I don't love that idea. You know, you're using an asset, a player suboptimally, and it's causing you to spend more money for a team that doesn't really want to do that. You know, if you're going to spend the money, I'd rather have it be for a player that makes more sense. And so downgrading you know, in terms of talent, again, it's not you, Jonas, it's the Pelicans works. You know, you can pick anyone, you know, let's say for an example, a guy I was using in free agency, Drew Eubanks, right? You know, that's not a sexy name here. You're not like, oh yeah, Drew Eubanks is the missing piece for the Pelicans. Probably most of y'all listening don't even know who that is. That Is a guy though that will give you rebounds, give you perimeter defense, and doesn't need to use up offensive possessions because when he's on the court with Zion, Brandon Ingram, CJ, Trey, hopefully an improved Herb Jones, Jordan Hawkins, he doesn't need those. That's why I love the idea of Jared Allen. This is not a guy that you need to get the ball. He just finishes possessions for you. He doesn't start them, he doesn't really use them. It's just he throws it down and it's as simple as that. So, I don't hate the idea of downgrading because the Pelicans don't need this offensive focal point of a center. As long as you get the other stuff that you need, that's the rebounding, the perimeter defense, the ability to defend the pick and roll. I don't even think you need a ton of rim protection necessarily from your center because that's what switching on defense is designed to do, which is how the Pelicans approach their defensive scheme. That's supposed to keep guys from getting into the paint. So if guys don't get into the paint, you don't need rim protection. And their defense was good last year. It was the sixth best defense. They did a very good job of that last season. You know, we've got to give them credit for those sorts of things. So I think you don't need to keep Jonas Valanciunas. And it has to do with the Pelicans. Just, again, it's not you, Jonas. It's them. It just, you know, there's, it doesn't make a ton of sense. The Pelicans were 24th in blocks per game last year. So they were bad. And they had the sixth best defense they don't necessarily need a lot of rim protection. They needed to continue to not let guys get into the paint and force teams to have suboptimal shot charts and shot selection and take along mid-rangers and things like that and defend the three-point line really well, which they do. That's what they need to be doing. So, yeah, you could keep Jonas, but if it means you're going to go into the luxury tax, I don't love that idea. You know, more not because I want to save Gail Benson money, just when you think about it, team building and what they might do, that sets off another kind of chain of events. And we go down and kind of game that out. And it doesn't end particularly well for new Orleans. If they pay the luxury tax this year could be not bad, but you know, it's like what, and not end game, um, in infinity wars where it's like, there's 14 million scenarios and one is good. It's not like those kind of odds bad, but it's not great either. If we were to start to kind of like go off on the different universe tangents and things like that. So, That's why, yeah, you probably need to trade Jonas Valanciunas, even if you don't get a guy like Siakam and upgrade the position in terms of talent. From a team-building perspective, from a team kind of planning perspective, I think this is like kind of the result that you end up on almost every single time. But let me know. Do you think it's the right move for the Pelicans, the wrong move for the Pelicans, What's the Jonas Tunis trade that you want to see? Let me know in the comments down below on YouTube. So we'll talk a little more Summer League later this week. I'm excited for the off-season plans. We're going to have theme days and everything. We'll probably have a theme week next week to the final uh, week of five days a week. So if you've got ideas for shows, sections, uh, segments, co- you know, th- questions you have, Ask them in the comments down below on YouTube. We'll have the live show Thursday at 7 p.m. Central right on the YouTube page, as we always do. Interact with you, take your questions live, joke around. We told some weird stories last time. Maybe there'll be some other weird stories, maybe a jersey update or two in there as well. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nolajake on Twitter, and I'll be back with y'all tomorrow.